0: father god thank you for all your mercy to us thank you that we can um <clears throat> thank you that we can be here together uh thank you for jesus christ thank you for giving us your word and thank you for uh, providing uh food for us um and giving us the things we need we pray lord that as we uh, look to your word together that you would be glorified and that you would be um that you'd be causing causing us to uh Set our hearts and our minds on you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So um, we've been talking about when I've been here, we've been talking about the the I am statements of Jesus, so we can know more about Jesus, know who who he was, who he claimed to be. Um, so so there's several I am statements in the Book of John that we've talked about are, already, and we're getting to. Our, our, our next one today. So I'm going to read the passage here out of John 14. <clears throat> Starting with verse one. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? No one comes to the Father except through me. So we see here when we start that, uh, that the disciples' hearts are troubled. Um, that's the first thing Jesus said. Is Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled because he knows that they are. That there's something troubling them or bothering them. And if we look at the context of what's going on uh, when Jesus says this, the context is uh, Jesus' Last Supper with his disciples, and he's just told them, just in the in the last verses of of, of chapter thirteen that came right before this, he's told them some things that that are troubling them. He's t- told them some very troubling things. First, in uh in in thirteen twenty one, it says it actually says Jesus was troubled. It says after saying these things. Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And then um, then a little further down in verse 33, he tells them, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. And then, uh, then a a little bit after that, Simon, Simon Peter, you know, one of the leaders of the disciples, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where am going? You cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, I say to you, the the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. So these are the things that are troubling them right in that moment. They've just been told that Jesus, Jesus told them that he's being taken away. He's told them that he's going to be betrayed by one of them. He's told them that Peter, he's told Peter that Peter is going to deny him. So that's very troubling to them. I mean, these are men who, these are, these are the 12 disciples or, um, um, the 11 disciples at that point, Judas had left. But these are the men that have, that have been following Jesus for the last two or three years, been with him through his ministry, seen his miracles, and their life is focused on Jesus. And now he says that he's going away. And not only that, but then they have now to question and doubt their own faithfulness to him because he's, he's told them that he's going to be betrayed. He's told them Peter's going to deny him. Um, so their hearts are very troubled about those things. And in some ways, our hearts, our hearts are troubled. Now, even as, uh, even as if we, even if we believe in Jesus Christ, even if we're Christians, sometimes our hearts are troubled because our fellowship with God that we have in this life is incomplete. You know, there's times where we feel, feel the presence of God or where we're, um, feel the closeness of him. Like if we're reading in his word or we're singing a song or hearing a a sermon, sometimes, I mean, at least for myself, I know sometimes I'll have the feeling, the thought of, okay, this is it. This is, this is what it's really about. This is being close to Jesus. Then, you know, snap back to reality, have to deal with, have to go to work the next day or have to deal with, you know, issues at home with, with kids. And, and then, you know, then that, that, we have fellowship with Jesus, with God in this life, but it's an incomplete fellowship. It's a fellowship that is not, it doesn't, it's, it's not like after, after we die and we're with God that we'll have complete fellowship with him because we still deal with the troubles of this world. And non-believers, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ today, if you're not following him and you haven't repented of your sins and trusted in him, then really you should be troubled. Like the disciples' hearts were troubled here. You should be troubled if you don't know Jesus Christ. Because that means there's a separation between you and God. That your sin separates you from God. And that if, if you were to die, you would, be, you would be apart from God and actually um, judged by God. So, so, just, so in a similar way to the disciples having their hearts troubled, there's ways that we have our hearts troubled. they actually even maybe should if they're not troubled. But Jesus tells them in a, in verse in in a, in, in verse two he can or verse one he continues he says believe in God, believe also in me. And he was saying this to people who were who did believe. I mean they already believed in God. These were all all the disciples were they were Jewish. They've been brought up to believe in God, and they're people who have chosen to follow Jesus with their lives. So, obviously they have some belief in him. But he's telling them. Not just that, yeah, you believe, but believe this specific promise. Believe this promise that I'm going to give you. And then he goes on to say in in verses 2 and 3, he says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. So <clears throat> he's telling them that there is, he's giving them this promise. And this promise is that there is there is a place, there is this, he, he refers to it as, as my father's house. There's a place where they can be with God, where they can be with God and where they can be with Jesus forever. And that place, well, he tells he tells his disciples, that's a place prepared for you that I prepared a place there for you to be with me and to be with my father forever. And, um, so, I mean, and we could, we could call, we could call this heaven, this place he's talking about. And, you know, the Bible uh, tells us some about heaven, but it actually in some ways doesn't tell us as much as we might expect. Um, but we do get some, some glimpses of what, of what heaven is like, some glimpses of what being with God will be like. And, uh, one place where we see that is in the book of Ephesians in chapter two it says it says about that God raises us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus and it's actually saying then that that's what's already happened to believers spiritually that we're already seated um, that we're already seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus, but we know that that Christ Jesus that Jesus is at the at the at the right hand of the Father ruling in heaven and that and that and we have the hope that we'll be with him like like he said that that <clears throat> where he is that we will be also so so Jesus gives them this promise that this is why their hearts don't need to be troubled even though they're dealing with uh, with this um, with the, process, the uh, with Jesus being taken away from them. The reason their hearts don't need to be troubled is because there is this promise of this place where they will be with God and with Jesus. And then we have, uh, then we have Thomas ask this question. Um, and I like, I, I like Thomas in, in this passage. It says, well, Jesus, Jesus tells them, and you know the way to where I'm going. And then Thomas, Thomas is one of the 12 disciples. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And I kind of like Thomas cuz I feel like sometimes I'm in that position. I'm the one in a there's a conversation going on or someone's explaining or teaching something. Sometimes I feel like I'm the one that that has to that speaks up and says, "Wait a second. I don't understand what you're talking about." I don't know either either I don't understand what you're saying at all or maybe I'll ask a clarifying question like, "Is this what you mean?" cuz I kind of think this is what you mean, but I'm not sure. And uh I feel like sometimes I'm the one that has to speak up and do that just cuz I want I want to under I want sometimes people will be talking and I get the feeling that maybe not just me but maybe other people don't really know what's what's what they're talking about. So here Thomas steps up, opens his mouth and says and admits, you know, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And um but that leads into the I am statement. That leads into the main part of our message today which is uh Verse 6, where Jesus says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is is the way. And we see here now um, kind of a difference between earlier when we were talking about the things that were troubling the disciples and what Jesus is saying now. Jesus said back in chapter 13, we read a little bit ago, Jesus said, where I'm going, you cannot come. But now he said, now he's saying, there is that I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And now Jesus is saying, I am the way. So this isn't like a contradiction. Jesus was telling them in the first place, you know, no, you can't come now. Where I'm going, you can't come now. But now, but Jesus is the way. And now we're going to see how, how Jesus is the way, that even though they couldn't come right then, that they can come and be with God. They will come and be with God. So Jesus is the way. So, what, so now we're going to talk about what does he do to be the way? What does he do to be the way to bring us to God? Um, the, Bible, the Bible says also in the book of John, it says that Jesus said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And how did he do that? How, like, how was the world saved through him? We see in, uh, in the book of Romans, it talks about how, how, how he saved the world. It says, for while, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die but god shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners christ died for us so even though that's that's the way, that that is how jesus was the way jesus was the way because he sacrificed himself for us while we were still sinners christ died for us and then one more scripture about that we find in first uh, peter he himself bore, bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So he bore our sin for us. He died on the cross for our sins. And by his wounds, we, will he, we, were, we were healed. This is, this is the good news. This is the gospel. This is the message that we proclaim. And um, this is the answer to the troubles. This is the answer to the troubles that the disciples had and the troubles that, that we have. They had the, the trouble of, of Jesus going away, but the way that they're going to be brought back together is because <coughs> Jesus bore their sin on the cross. And the way that we can have peace with God is that, Jesus bo- is that Jesus bore our sin on the cross and we can be forgiven for our sins. If we repent of our sins and believe in Jesus Christ that he died for our sins and rose again from the dead, that we will be saved and we can have this promise of being, being with the Father and being with the Son. And Jesus also he says, I'm the way. He also says, I'm the truth. And we see that he's, the, that he's actually the standard of what's true. We can know whether or not something's true by, what, does it line up with what Jesus said? Or does it not line up with what Jesus said? You know, Jesus dealt with a lot of opposition in his life. He dealt with a lot of lies, basically, people that were opposing him. And he talked about how he, how those who opposed him, who were against him, were speaking lies and how he was the truth. And in John chapter eight, it says, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So he's saying, <clears throat> you know, this is the opposite of Jesus is, is uh, like Satan, the father of lies. But he's saying, but he's the truth. And also he says, he's the, he's the life. He's the way, truth, and the life. And he is um, he's the way to eternal life, like we've been talking about. He's the way to be with the Father, to be in the Father's house eternally. And he's also the way to life, the way to life, like even before we die, even, even between now and the day we die, the way to truly have life is to follow Jesus. And uh, he says later in chapter 14. He says, "Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him." So that's a good promise for us. That's a promise for us that are as um, that if as we live the Christian life, as we follow his commandments to love God and to love our neighbor, to be faithful to him. That his promise to us is that we'll be loved by the Father and will be loved by Jesus, and he'll manifest himself to us. And um, also, the last verse I'll share with you is uh, from 1 John, or last passage. It says, it's the very beginning of of the letter of 1 John. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was made manifest, and we have seen it. And testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which, which we have seen and heard and proclaim also to you, so that, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You see, what life, what life is really about is about fellowship with God to have fellowship with the Father and the Son. And that's something we, we have through Jesus. And as he, <clears throat> the last thing he says about himself, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. And the last thing he says is, no one comes to the Father except through me. Because he's the, he's the only way. He's the only way to the Father. And you might wonder, well, why, why is he the only way to the Father? Because he's... And it's pretty much a review of what we've already said, because he's the only one who's, who died on the cross for our sins. He's the only one who dealt with our biggest problem. The biggest problem that all of us have is that we're sinners, and because of our sins, we're separated from God, and we are actually deserved to be punished by God. And no one else has, has solved this problem. No other teaching, no other religion, no other technology, can, has dealt with this, with this issue, with our biggest problem. Only Jesus Christ has dealt with this issue by dying on the cross for us. So that's, that's, that's why he's the only way. And he's the only way that there... Um, he's the way that God, that God has made to make... or that God has given to, give, to, to make peace between God and man. And he's the one who tells us the truth. Like he says, he's the truth. And he, he is the way for us to have life. Okay, so that's what I have to share with you. Let's uh, now we'll we'll pray and then we'll get going with the with the distribution. <clears throat> Father God, uh, thank thank you again that we could be here. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us your word. We pray, Lord, that you would work in the hearts and the lives of the people here. That your Spirit would be at work, and that you would be um, drawing us to believe in Jesus Christ and to follow you. And pray, Lord, that you would bless everyone here, provide for them, provide for uh, the things that they need, that you would bless their health and their families. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.